and we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rufino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. You look devastated, bud. I, okay, look. For, first of all, Jason Brumfield, shut the hell up. Um, I'm not going to have a meltdown. I'm not. Because you know what? Anyone who thinks that like there's going to be this whole Notre Dame freakout, okay? For anyone who thinks it's going to happen. You guys don't understand that I have lived my entire life with this being the outcome of games. I'm used to it. You're you're not going to – like, I, I wasn't even really that upset after the game, Blake. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it. But, like, yes, it sucks. But I'm used to it, okay? They played their asses off. It came down to a final play. They lost. That is still the best I've felt – about a Notre Dame loss in a very long time. So I'm not as and upset Trump, as everyone thinks that they are. I agree with what you're saying. They played well. At some point, you, as a Notre Dame fan or a Notre Dame fan base, you got to get past this, oh, well, we just look good against this team. Like, at some point, you got to get over that hump. And until you do, okay, under this new coaching staff, yeah, there's going to be question marks. And look – this isn't a Notre Dame thing. This goes around the country. Let me give an example. Ryan yes. Day goes off on Lou Holtz, who's 97 years old, which was, I thought, looked really Bro dies his beard. He needs to settle down, man. Right. Like, the, that sucks, but sorry, continue. So, Ohio State, as an example, Clemson not going into the portal. We talk about Dabo. There are so many teams around the country. USC. There are so many teams that we talk about that go through something like this. Notre Dame is not um, – what's the word I'm looking – they're not immune to that same take from other fan bases. But I, I have one question for you. You ready? I swear to God. I swear to – go ahead. Go ahead. Can you, uh, can you count that number and, and tell me what that is? Uh, I'm illiterate. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't okay. know what that is. Well, let me, let me give you just, let me give you this. Cause this might make it look better. Do you know what that number is? It's two number ones. It's, it's 11 because I don't know if Marcus Freeman can count to 11. By the way, I don't understand why the logic was we were afraid to run somebody out there I actually would argue they're going to score someone, anyway, Joe. They're going to score anyway. What did it matter if you get the if, procedural pen, penalty? Right. Run somebody out there. If you realize that there weren't enough people in the field, run somebody out there so that you can – they have to blow the whistle and then, you know, you get the, the playback and you get a second to, like, get your feet underneath you. It's not it, like it was that, almost a, it, it was almost a free timeout in a way. In a way it would have been. If I if I'm Notre Dame, I'd have ran a walk on out there and like drop kick uh, Kyle McCord, just like kick him in the back of the leg, like his name's Conor McGregor. God, that would have been a great strategy. Look, I, I just to, <laughs> all right. We'll I have to do it. You yeah, know we're I, gonna get to it. You know I had to mess with well, you. you my my final to... thought on my mental state because I'd rather focus on when we talk about the game to focus on the game and not my mental state, which is ever everyone is so worried about. Typically, and I know that you didn't like that somebody said this on Twitter, and it's not the same take. I'm not saying that if this was Brian Kelly, that would have been a blowout. All I am saying is that over the past 10 years, under multiple coaches, Charlie Weiss, Brian Kelly, they have laid eggs in really big games like that. You mean like Clemson? Yeah, they've gotten their asses kicked. No, you mean like Clemson in 2020 when you won on the road, or you won and played won the a ACC championship game? Horseman. And then we got dunked on. We got dunked on in the ACC, still made ACC the playoff. championship game. And we got dunked on in the playoff. Okay, and at, at some point, it's you're going to have to realize it might be a personnel issue. It's not a personnel issue. What I'm it getting is at here, personnel issue. What I'm getting at here is a lot of times when we've played top five teams, there's been a couple of instances where we've played them close. We've gotten our asses kicked. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. Notre Dame has gotten their asses kicked, and that's why we've been the butt of the joke. That's why I don't feel that bad about the loss. You lose by three points to a clearly very good football team. It was a hard-fought battle. One play changes the outcome. It's football. I know you don't like that, though, because that means that I'm taking a shot at Brian Kelly. No, I, I, no, I, don't, I don't take it from you as it being a shot. However, if we're 
and we're going to get into this. It's not the only game that we're talking about, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. The, o- the only thing oh, – okay, I, I get what you're saying, but but let's not act as if that this is the worst Ryan Day offense that we've seen under his tenure. Like, I oh, well, we kept it close. Okay, cool. Sounds Sounds really good. Okay. That's the worst offensive team from Ohio State that you're going to see. I think that they were just held in check by a really good defense. I, I don't see it that way. Okay, well, you're going to find out in a couple weeks when you play USC if you can really keep an offense in check. Yeah, I, I, I right. don't disagree with that. And we're going to find he, out if we can show keep Riley Leonard in check next Tom week. McCord went <clears throat> 21 of 37. He played good enough, but he did not play extremely no. well. No, right, he like he did not play good enough. He missed a lot of wide open dudes. It's his first start, real start on the road. Okay, he's gonna get better. I think Kyle McCord is still gonna be a good quarterback, but it's his mm-hmm. first real test on the road. That's the worst offensive team that you'll see from Ohio State, maybe in a while, because they'll continue to start rolling dudes in there. My the bottom line for me is I get what you're saying, but don't mm-hmm. act as if in a couple weeks. Hell, you got a massive game this week against Duke. We now, need to I show up and beat the shit out of them. Like, that can't well, be a, a close game. It shouldn't be, but let's not act as if that, that Ohio State offense is a juggernaut. It's not bad, though. Like, I mean, that that is still a quality. A couple weeks ago when they played Indiana and could only score 20 points that they were really bad offensively. So no, I said you, I was concerned. I said that I had concerns for their quarterback situation. I didn't say that they were a bad offensive team. Having concerns for a team that historically been offensively potent is, I think, justified when you only score, what was it, 23-something points against Indiana and th- only 35 against Youngstown. Those concerns I thought were legitimate, but they still have a lot of really good playmakers, and I think that if they needed to put up points against an opponent, they can. It's just they ran into a really good secondary that kept their receivers in check. That's what happened. Um, Dacking MC MVP says, Who did How they play? Tigers, Mizzou. Well, they, they, play? played, they played Memphis this weekend, I think, won 34 27. Okay. Uh, they, have Vander, they have Vanderbilt this week and then LSU at home. They're going to go into that game against LSU 5 and 0. At home. They're going to kick the crap out of Vanderbilt. Well, they're going to be 5-0 and against LSU and potentially a 4-1 and LSU team. We'll see how that goes for That'll the Tigers fun. of LSU and, Ar- and, uh, and Oxford. But we got a lot to discuss. Florida State. I, I mean, Joe, there's sometimes – it's a lot like Ohio State. Sometimes you just got to go into a hostile environment and find ways to win. You know? Yes. I like that win. I thought that that was a good win. Uh, Keon Coleman, they did not utilize him enough in the first half. They got him rolling in the mm-hmm. second half. Two touchdowns, one in overtime to win it. Dabo, what are you doing? Like, he calls – so here's the thing. The call, the mm. play call in overtime is not a bad call. Klubnick no. can't Klubnick cannot throw that. He's got to give it. Yes. He's yeah, got it was I mean, a misread. It was a misread. The call by Dabo and Riley, phenomenal. I love the call. But even earlier in the game, Joe, they're third and they're third and two, knocking on the door, and they run a draw play. Well, that was the problem. That final drive where they missed the field goal. And again, like I said this on Twitter, like I don't blame the kicker Whites, I think is his name, Wheats, who stepped in. Like credit the to him. Dude That's was on play. Wall Street last week. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But they played that drive like, we're going to go down and we're going to kick the field goal. Go to win the goddamn game. Go score a touchdown. What the, That was why they lost. That was the most dabboing dabbo I have ever seen. Uh, that's not the only game of a team that disappointed Ole Miss, disappointed against Alabama. Joe, you legitimately, you legitimately had an Alabama team that blocked the, blocked the punt and got the ball at the one-yard line, their own one-yard line, and had to kick a field goal. <laughs> did, you see the video, did you see the video of Saban on the blocked field goal? Or on the block no, I didn't. So I didn't. they asked him how they blocked the punt, and he was so excited about how they blocked the punt. And at the end, he goes, and then we got the ball at the one-yard line and couldn't score. 
Tommy Reese. That's Tommy Reese no, for you, man. Not, that's not Tommy. They had a bad snap that yeah. put them second and goal from their own 20. That is true. Thing. That is true. The, yeah. That kid has had multiple issues snapping the football. That's just that's not on Reese. Reese it's, is not it's Dalcourt, the, right? Dalcourt, Darian Dalcourt's the center, or, or is I, it, I believe it is. No, not yeah, Dalcourt. Guy, it's it? um Max something. Max something. But he's had multiple snaps that have been horrendous. He had yeah. horrible snaps against Texas. There. Uh, oh, Seth. Uh, Seth McLaughlin. There you go. You're in Dalcourt. In the, the right arms part. of an angel. I wonder if he's married to uh, what's the Early lady McLaughlin that sings that song? Is it? Oh my God! Is it Sarah McLaughlin? Yeah, yeah. yeah I wonder yeah, if yeah. they're related. You, those are the. I worst, doubt it. <laughs> those are the worst commercials too. Like if you just give twenty five cents to your local pound, dogs won't die. I mean, like, where's that money really going? Where's that actually going? Oh, probably in her pocket. R right. Right, probably in their pocket. I know a lot of other games. You know, LSU had held on against Arkansas. Uh, Wazoo making a big uh, statement out there in Cam Ward. Yeah, looked good. I might have to, um, I might have to um, take back some statements on old Cam Ward. No, forget that. Admit that I was right. Let's let's not forget about taking back statements. Admit that I was right. I would That's admit. I, your, I would admit. On Cam Ward, if you're right, if you weren't so wrong in the Notre Dame pick, I, they lost by three points. How was I so wrong about that? I mean, I had video footage of you saying that y'all were going to beat them down. I don't remember saying that. Oh, you, now you reluctantly don't remember saying uh -huh. that. At, at the end of it, Joe, we'll go around uh, and just talk about some teams that we saw that I thought looked good. Look, I, I, I know it's Iowa. I know it's Iowa, but. Penn State, dude. I mean, for all the shit that they kind of taken about, oh, they don't look good here, there, and the other. Man, Penn State looked really good. I think that's a team we got to continue. Here's the here's the here's the thing that I'd say. Don't okay. tell me that Penn State can't outscore Ohio State. Don't tell me because yeah, the they can. And you know what else, man? Michigan for the last two weeks has looked uh, not vulnerable, not vulnerable, but asleep. Just asleep i that's a good way of putting it penn state man they came out there swinging iowa it has to be said before we get to the break iowa Talk has the nepotism. worst <laughs> worst alternate pants i've ever seen those oh, are some of the God. ugliest pants you you can't show up in that game and not expect to get your ass kicked that they were cooks the minute that they showed up let's let's be real with ourselves i agree i agree so we got a lot to uh a lot to break down here uh, today we'll start off with Notre Dame and Ohio State. Before we do that, Joe, we have some uh, some news about a new sponsor. Yes, I forgot to prep a graphic for that, but yes, we do have uh, some new news, and we shared it on new news. Uh, <laughs> we had we we uh, shared it on Twitter that we have uh, a sponsorship. We'll have a graphic that we'll throw up on the screen that, uh, with Homefield Apparel. We're partnered with Homefield Apparel who is, if everyone who's a college football fan knows who they are, they produce really high-quality premium stuff. Um, I have just been just staring at their store every other week when I'm bored and I got a free second because they have so many cool vintage uh, shirts that they have out there. Our code, Rafino Joe. So straightforward. 15% off if you go use it. R-U-F-F-I-N-O. With a Joe at the end of it. Because you can oh, yeah. spell Joe, you probably can't spell Rufino. <laughs> so let's talk about our good friends over at BattleLine.ag as well. Before we do that, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. We got a lot to break down. Don't go anywhere. We talk about it. We break it down. We get Joe's thoughts on Notre Dame, Ohio State. We do that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live 
in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! Hold. I might take Kansas this week and the points. Against Texas. Against Texas. I might take the points. I am in love with some Kansas, man. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. They can't win. No. But if they're getting 14, 10, 14 points. Take it. Take it. Kansas is fun. I know know that we're going to probably say something about them later. They're fun. We'll talk about them here at the end. Joe, Notre Dame, the, the premier game of the weekend, Notre Dame and Ohio State. Uh, kicked it off last night in South Bend, Indiana. So I admittedly, we were giving each other updates because I was covering the LSU-Arkansas game, and obviously you were watching Notre Dame-Ohio State this morning. I had to go back and watch the entire game. Uh, and so, look, man, I, I'm literally writing down notes the entire game. Like if I, if I was actually just covering the game as a whole. Here's the way that I, I walked away from this. I'm like, it's like midway through the third quarter and I'm sitting there drinking my coffee, just sitting there watching the game. And I'm thinking, how many passing attempts does Sam Hartman have? And at that point he had had like, I think 18, 19, and we're midway through the third quarter. And I'm like, man, I I know that you, you're, you just scored a touchdown, but you're going to have to start getting him more involved in the passing game. Joe, they did. Mm -hmm. They score two touchdowns. Then at the end, they get conservative. There's so many things that we can talk about. Number one, here's my biggest thing. I think that, number one, they, they coach too conservatively offensively. I, I, I cannot walk away from you running the ball at a, at a Notre Dame rate. You, th- you ran the ball 39 times last night, Joe, and you threw it 25. In a game like this, you're going to have to open shit up. And they didn't. They let Ohio State stay around. When you go into, I think it was right after they had scored the second touchdown, right? So mm-hmm. they're up 14 to 10. They, they're coming off 11 play, 96-yard drop. Sam Hartman completes a 28-yard pass to Great House. Sam Hartman uh, completes a pass to Mitchell Evans for 25 yards. And then you go down and score. Joe, that's two plays of 50 yards plus that Sam Hartman is sitting back in the pocket and letting that thing rip. Why did you go conservative in the fourth? Why? And then defensively, obviously the biggest blunder, not having 11 players on the field. But I don't even – is it a big deal? Yes. But, Joe, you gave up a 15-play drive to them for 65 yards and a score. That last play did not dictate you winning or losing. That entire drive did. You have a fourth and, what was it, 18? Kyle McCord sits in the pocket and hits him Buka down the field. Uh, third and 19 was Third the and play. 19. I mean, Notre Dame had so many chances to win this football game and came up short. It was a lot of coaching – not to lose rather than coaching to win. And I said this coming into the week. I I really thought that Jared Parker, I think that's the pronunciation. I never get it right. I really thought that Parker was going to come in and say, you know, we've kind of played a little close to our chest here. We we're going to open things up. We've got all these receivers that no one's gotten exposure to. We've got all these athletes that no one really talks about. And we're going to spread things out and open things up. I agree with you. I think that they ran the ball really freaking well. And we already knew that they had a good run game. They could pick up, four, three, four yards on a second and short, third and short if they needed to. They have the the offensive line, the running backs to do so. But to not try and take those shots when it was actually working in the game, there were a number of instances where it worked. They were able to find a connect with some of these athletes that they have that they haven't used already this season. They got to cut that shit out. Next week, they're not they going can't. to though, Joe. They're, if they're I, not going to do it, then we don't know. Okay, we don't know that for sure. We don't know that for sure. Like we, yeah, need we to do. Look wait at, until look we at see the way it. that they've coached the last two years. When are they going to finally do it? It's a different offensive coordinator right now, and maybe they say against Duke. We, I would hope that if they're 
reactive enough and smart enough to go back and watch the film and say, you know what, those 25 passing attempts is not enough when we've got a really good quarterback in Sam Hartman. I really wish they could have spread it out a little bit more because they could have easily scored more than 14 points in this game. I, I really do believe that. I just, I don't take this away. As I said earlier, I don't think that this is a bad loss. I think that they fought their ass off and it just came down to a really stupid final decision where they couldn't get enough guys onto the field. That was what it came down to. And I think that also what killed them, it was that final drive. They got way too cute with trying to call some, I don't know what it was. They had two backs in the backfield. Mm -hmm. Sam Hartman was trying to get the ball off. JT Tumwana was practically unblocked and blows up the play for a five-yard loss. The previous two plays were two dominant runs by Estime, who picked up two first downs. Why not keep getting him the ball and going back to him? I don't understand why they didn't do that. Marcus Freeman needs to stop coaching like a second-year head coach that is Well, a he is guy. a second-year head coach. But he needs to stop coaching like that because there's all these other coaches around the country. And there's not many but that have stepped up and made those right decisions. He needs to be more aggressive. They have the ability to be more aggressive. When you're in your second season and you made the mistakes last year that you did being too conservative, you have nothing to lose. Notre Dame shouldn't feel like they have anything to lose. Be more aggressive, and they need to do that against Duke. And I also think, just to add a final point here before I let you chime in, I also think that they should have gone after Kyle McCord more. There were a lot of instances where, you know, that completion percentage, I think, shows that McCord made the throws that he needed to to keep the game moving forward, but he was a little shaky in spots. And when they had pressure in his face, he couldn't get the ball off. The ball fluttered out of his hands a number of times when he was getting hit. He is not somebody who physically will stand in the pocket and will deliver a throw while he's getting hit. He's just too young for that. He eventually could be, but he's too young for it. They needed to send more pressure at him because they let him sit back way too much in that game. He was too comfortable. Can I, 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 I've told you this religiously, and I think I hope that it gets through through to you today. Can I tell you what lost you the game? It's one. It's very simple. What you went ten of you let, allowed o- Ohio State to go ten of seventeen on third down. It yep. lost. It, it lost you the game. Then Joe, they they go forward on three uh, on on fourth down three times. They get another one. Okay, so eleven for twenty total. But when you cannot get off the field defensively and you allow them to stay in the game, you're gonna get beat. Like if there's one stat that I look like, we'll just re- always religiously look at. How did a team do on third down on the money down? And Ohio State beat you there. Because you go five for ten on third down, fifty percent, okay, but you zero for two on fourth down. You legitimately are five for twelve on conversion downs. That can't happen. The Sam Hartman quarterback sneak. I know Sam Hartman's a good quarterback, and and look, as a former center, I hate even saying this because QB sneaks historically work. Give the ball to estimate. Yeah. You, the bottom the bottom line is I thought like you mentioned they coached to lose or coached to not to not lose, lose the game okay and there in the second half when they needed Kyle McCord the most you saw a guy kind of drop his nuts a little bit look that 15 play drive that that throw on third and 19 fourth and 19 whatever it was there at the end that's a big league throw it's yeah. a big throw and a big time decision, and and even Joe, I we we went back and rewatched this multiple times. The play where Ohio State scored on, I don't know what was said. I'm not on the field, so I don't know. But Kyle McCord saw something and was going to the line and checking it like he was checking something into a run play. Identified, got him in the run. They scored ball game. I would hope he would make that check. I mean, it was well, there was there was well, no one on the line of scrimmage. There was literally well, no bodies on the line of scrimmage. There were two guys. It was like a four on two. Uh, okay, but you know what? Regardless if they did or didn't, he made the right play when they needed him the most. Notre Dame offensively, you know what you're going to get at this point. A lot of running the football, 
play action. They're going to get some guys out in space. I thought the wide receivers played good enough, but not great. Not to where, Joe, you can win the football game. You can't go into a game against Ohio State and say, hey, we're going to score 14 points and win. I don't give two Rudy Poos that they only scored 17. It doesn't matter to me. You have to go into that game and find ways to generate points. Like, as an example, when you miss a field goal earlier in the game. I think you're three of eight this year, Notre Dame is, on field goal attempts. That's got to get cleaned up. You cannot blame old things. And so this is where you talked about, like, how, you know, in previous years, not just talking about Brian Kelly, that this game might have not been closer. Joe, you're having some of the same issues in philosophy that I beg for for Marcus Freeman to change in the offseason. Sam Hartman is a very experienced guy. You got to, at some point, drop your nuts and say, I know that we got Estime. I know that we got who was the, the other kid that ran all over? Um, uh, Jeremiah Love. Was, Jeremiah was Love. That kid had, was running the ball for like seven yards a carry. They yeah. were dominating. I get that. But at some point, you got to let Sam Hartman and your quarterback take over the game because when you did, when you did, you had two two touchdown drives. That's that is that is the game. I don't want to hear about philosophy. I don't want to hear about talent. I don't want to hear about how you looked at this. You know, Ben Morrison looked good against Marvin Harrison Jr. Sounds great. I sounds good. Love that for you as a good as a dear friend of mine. Okay. At some point, you ever seen the movie Major League Two? And no. the what? I haven't seen it. Okay, well, there's it. a scene in that movie mm-hmm. where a guy who was a free agent from the Japanese league comes in there and he says, he goes up to Pedro Serrano and goes, you have no, and he's trying to look through his translator book to say balls, but he go, comes across marbles. He goes, you have no marbles. At some point, those nuts got to drop. No balls. Okay. When so- you have a drive where Sam mm-hmm. Hartman uh, has 100 yards. Joe, what if I told you that a guy had 175 yards passing, and in the two touchdown drives that he had, he had 100 of the 175 in those two touchdown drives? Maybe you would say, let's throw the freaking rock around. Okay, look, I don't disagree with that stuff, but where I think that we, you don't see eye to eye with me is that I, I believe – that these issues are fully correctable. It's not like we're talking about their offensive line is weak or they've got a deficiency at a certain position group that is unrecoverable. I didn't say that they weren't correctable. I, I, I know. I literally I know, just came here and said to drop your nuts. I know. I know. My point here is that I am – this is why I'm not, I don't feel that bad about that loss. I feel good about that loss because – I never feel good late, about loss. Later on I, – I, I know, I, look, I know that it's kind of like a defeatist attitude to say that I feel good about a loss, but <laughs> I, I, I think that I, that tells me a lot. People will sacrifice their, uh, their firstborn for a uh, – sorry yes. for interrupting you. Continue. They have easily correctable issues. Easily correctable issues. They have three important games on the remaining stretch of their schedule. Duke next week, they play USC, and they play Clemson. All three of those games, I think, are winnable based on what we saw in this game. If you can correct that offensive play calling and decision-making and be more aggressive against USC, against the defense that does not tackle well, that does not rally to the football well, that you can put up some better points instead of 14. But what I learned in this game is despite the offensive issues that that secondary with Benjamin Morrison, with Cam Hart, all of those guys, that defense, the whole defense is good enough to shut down teams with first first round wide receivers. They are good enough against any team in the country, in my opinion, to hold them under 20 points. And I don't know how you can't use that game as proof. I understand what you're saying, that this is one of the weaker Ohio if State If you think teams that, that Kyle McCord's seen, the best quarterback that you're going to see, there he's are not. Things that he's not. Williams, there are things that Caleb Williams down the road is going to do that you have not seen. And, and quite honestly, I'm just going to be real with you. 
Are you? Is Notre Dame probably going to beat the dog shit out of Duke? Probably. Yes. Yes. Probably. They're pissed off. They're going to. More than likely. And Clemson's lack of receivers, they Riley match up kid, well. But the Riley kid can run a little bit. Yeah. And one thing, one thing that I will okay. say of right now, meaning at the time that you played the quarterback, Kyle McCord is arguably the third or fourth best quarterback at the time that you will play them that you will see. Caleb Williams is not going to have the issues that Kyle McCord did if he's throwing the ball 37 times. He won't. He's going to find the open dude. I promise you that. It's on tape against Utah twice, and I know that one of the times he got hurt against Utah and Tulane that Caleb Williams is And they contained. still scored 40. Well, the first Utah game, what was the score of that one? I don't remember. I don't Look, remember. Besides, I don't remember. Besides, besides the point, my, what I'm getting at here is that if Cam Rising in Utah can beat USC in that first matchup, there are so many takeaways that you can have from that game. I don't and if like they watch the, the film and figure property, it out. I, I, but I don't. I, but it's I, not I, transitive. It's watch it the is. film, figure out what worked. Yeah, but you have a quarterback, Joe, that's 21 of 37. It's not as if the, the, that he – I would agree with you if he's making throws that are just – what's the, how, do, how am I trying to explain? If he's making throws in tight windows, he wasn't. Not all night. He's missing wide-ass open dudes on most of those. Dudes that are wide open. Joe, if I'm Ryan Day this morning, you know what I'm doing? I'm calling 1-800-CALL-A-CROSSING route because they should have never gotten away from the mesh in the crossing route. He was eating Notre Dame alive. The two dudes in the middle, the linebackers, when they, they had issues, the touchdown proved it, that when they, they folded, they found something late and if you think that Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley can't, you're wrong. I love you to death. I'm not. I'm not saying that. The, that I'm not saying that they're going to guaranteed show up and shut down Caleb Williams. But I'm saying that the, that defense is well coached enough and has the bodies to find a, win, a way to win that football game defensively. Offensively, they need to be better. They need to do different things. I just don't think that. And a lot of people are going to do this when that game comes around. A lot of people are going to do the bit, and I'm sure that you're going to do it too, and say. USC is going to beat the shit out of Notre Dame. I'm not, knock the crap out of I'm not going to say that. I think but that that is a winnable game. Not, you know what else I'm, I'm also not going to say is Mbuka dropped that touchdown in the end zone. Okay? Remember I tweeted at you or texted you. I don't remember. I was, I was mad talking so hard at 9 o'clock at night last night. Okay? I think it was the one that they – um, I, I forget what happened. Oh, it was the t the turnover on downs. John, yeah. they scored 17, but Mbuka should have had that that in the end zone. That's a that's an easy touchdown. There's never a such thing as a perfect defensive performance against a team that has two first round ride wide receivers and a day two, early day three tight end and multiple talented running backs. Like Where's I, that I Notre Dame USC game at? It's at Notre Dame. It's at Notre Dame. Caleb Williams is coming into the cold, and y'all better be ready. I hope. I oh, hope it's so cold. It's not cold enough. It won't be cold enough to, you know. I, I I'm with you, but I if I'm a Notre Dame fan, at some point you got to get over the hump. October fourteenth. At some like Duke, you beating a ranked Duke team next week does not get you over any hump. You should beat them by twenty uh, one. It's the equivalent of them beating the crap out of UNC last year. Like UNC was was fine. By the way, they did were, you see Drake May's left handed touchdown yes. pass? Dude, oh that dude God. is ridiculous. He's that so guy good. is insane. So good, dude. Uh, he's rolling to his left, getting sacked, and throws a spiral. Not Brett Favre, like a spiral with his left hand for a score. By I the mean, way, he is, is UNC undefeated? Yeah, they are. I, I don't think that that UNC team is is great. By the way, like right. I don't. They got one dude. They got what? It's the same thing as last year when they went on that run. They got one freaking dude. We got a we got a Rutgers guy in the chat. I am that made my day. 
What did he we say? We got a Rutgers guy. I, I don't know. Uh, keep chopping. Says Notre Dame needs to go back to just uh, being. Oh, well, I didn't read the comment. Oh, take it off schools. the screen. Take it off the screen. I was so happy that we had a Rutgers guy. What it? <sighs> hey, man. I was rooting for Rutgers until they went full Tony Soprano in the second half. <sighs> I thought that they were I, I, I will admit, no, I don't think you can beat USC. You know why? Um, because is it fixable? Is Notre Dame's issues fixable? Yes, I agree. They are fixable. But there comes a point, Joe, that like, when am I going to say, okay, well, is Marcus Freeman going to let Sam Hartman get have at least 30 throws, 35 throws in a game to lead you to a win? There, are, there is no reason. Let me just tell you the truth. And here's the truth. Now, I, Notre Dame is a massive fan base. And when you have a new coach after a long-tenured one or one that wins you a national title, fan bases are often nervous to call out the head coach. And I understand that. But you're, he's going to have to drop his nuts. He's going to let have to let Hartman cook. Because in today's age, Joe, Ohio State defensively, everybody's saying how great they are. Okay, they may be good. But is that the best defense you will see? Probably. So, you, I, I mean. I, I you, agree. Look, I agree with you. I think that there is going to come a point where they will do that. I. It's not like last year where it was Drew Pine and they had to, they couldn't let him. I, I don't do care about the Drew Pine stuff. I like, I, I, I can, I can separate the two. Like I, I can separate yeah. it. Like, yes. you've got to adapt. And not adapting get, will get you beat. It, it's it's tough for me, Joe, as a human being that has no bias in this game. I really don't. That a guy gets 100 of his yards in the two touchdown drives that you have, and then you go away from it. Like, that is the reason – I think it's the reason you lost. I don't I, – I don't, I don't disagree. Um. I again, I just I think that there's a lot to take away from that game, and everything. There's a lot of recoverability. That's my final thought. All right, you want to go to Bama, Ole Miss, or Florida State? Yeah, Clemson? uh, Bama, Ole Miss. Let's do Bama, Ole Miss. Speaking of a coach that completely blew it, Man, speaking Lane. of a coach that completely blew it, Lane Kiffin all week talked loads and loads of shizite. Loads of it. Probably shouldn't have, but he did. They had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to get into the end zone. They couldn't. Now, part, part of that is for Ole Miss getting taken down by Bama is because Bama's defense is for real. I, I do think mm. that they're a really good defense. Mm. But, Joe, you're going up against an offense that legitimately – Blocked a punt, got the ball in their own one, and had to kick a field goal from the 25-yard line. Uh, this uh, – Lane's just Lane, man. And I, I, hate to, I hate to say this to him, but Nick owns him. All these assistants beating Nick and Lane just can't find a way. They should have won that game by 21. They should have. There's no reason they should have lost this game, and they did. Blake, I'm going to start a a recovery group for people who have been duped by Lane Kiffin and, and willingly let him oh, suck I, them in. I'm one of them. I'm one of them, buddy. I, I The whole week, I was like, this makes so much sense. Lane, Lane Kiffin, great offensive play. Why did I let this? This happens to me every year. Lane Kiffin always finds a way to let us down. I blame... Yes, I give a lot of credit to Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry and Arnold for the defensive performance they had. Like there was there was no separation by any of those old miss receivers. But what the hell are we doing? Calling the amount of screens after none of them are working. The amount of jet sweeps after none of them are working. Every time it was like second and medium, it's like, oh, I wonder if he's gonna call another jet sweep. Yeah, oh, his game plan was horrendous. He got blown up at the line of scrimmage. That was one of the worst play calling jobs I have seen in the SEC this entire year. That was I don't think it's an SEC pathetic. thing. I think you just say in college football. 
that was some uh, Brian Ferentz type shit. The way that they called that game. What was Lane? Can- you have an opportunity. Your former boss is to take him down. Vulnerable. You have a, yes, you have a legitimate chance to go into this week against LSU that you could, with a win, you could take over the SEC West. Like you had everything laid out in front of you, and be you aggressive. Blew it. Be aggressive. Be they, aggressive, right. They they didn't attack Jalen Milrow, who struggles with pressure. They gave him way more time than he should have had. And then on offensively, I know that he threw that one deep ball that got picked off. Jackson Dart threw that, and it got picked off. But just because one time it doesn't work, you don't throw away the, the, the opportunity to take shots. Jackson Dart's a good quarterback. Like, he's not a bad player. He's a fine player. Set him up for success. Stop calling these scared ass screen passes. I, I don't know. Lane just did. I don't. I feel as though he just he got scared. That's what it felt like. It did feel that way. And it's look. Milro went seventeen of twenty one, two hundred something yards, two two hundred twenty five. I think it was a touchdown and a pick. The throw that the interception that he that Milro had in the back of the end zone. His interceptions look so bad. They're the worst interceptions I've ever seen. Like, right? I mean, it's just so badly read. But in the second half, they found an identity. Jace McClellan got loose. He ran for 100 yards. Milro started getting involved in the running game. Mm. And they found an identity. And when you can run the football and play defense the way that Alabama does, sometimes court. Are, is, is Alabama as good as they should be? Hell no. Uh, are they probably going to lose to an, uh, uh, lose again? Probably more than once, I would, I would think. But if, if Alabama has that type of game versus, let's just say, a LSU or they have that type of game, even against Texas A&M, A&M's going to score on them. I, I, yes. I know that Wegman came out, but I mean they have weapons all over the place, and Wegman did get hurt against against Auburn. We'll see how how that progresses, but I, I, I'm sorry that was one of the worst Lane Kiffin called games I'd ever seen, and pathetic. I, I I get to a point where I don't know what to do with this Bama team, Joe. They're three and one. They don't look good offensively. They look horrendous. They went in twelve personnel, which is one back, two tight ends, and ran the football right down their throat. And in the second half, it paid off. And they they did look decent in the second half. The scoring drives, I mean, the, it was 7-6 to six going into halftime. Alabama scores 18 points in the second half to just take over the game, and they did. That defense for Bama, though, I will admit, they got dudes, man. They have dudes all over the place. And if you're trying to go sideline to sideline with them, you're not going to win. You have to go vertical. What have we seen against Kirby? What have we seen against Nick? These defenses are really good. And if you don't get vertical on them, you're going to lose. And that's what happened. You can't run sideline to sideline. Now, one thing that is, I do think that is a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm paying a little close attention to it. Let's see what happens with Alabama this week. Coming out of it, of the half. They have a nine-play, 70-yard drive. They kick a field goal. Then they have a six-play, 60-yard drive. They score a touchdown. The next possession, they go 75 yards in six plays for a touchdown. And then they would punt at the end after having a three and out. The second half, they did find something offensively. Now, whatever that is, I don't know. But I will admit, in the second half, I looked at them and was like, okay, Ole Miss is tiring. Maybe that has a lot to do with it. But – this team couldn't score again in the second half against South Florida, much less Ole Miss. I will pay attention to that. The O-line for Alabama is still really bad. They didn't really fix a whole lot. Yeah. But I do think that they did find a niche for Milrow. They're going to have to continue running, you know, 16 to 20 times a game for them to win. That's the only way they can win. Yeah, they, they, I think it was like 16 carries that he had. And I think I, he got sacked four times. Again, he had another yeah. game where they got four sacks, dude. And Milrow, remember when he threw the touchdown pass? I think it was to Burton, wasn't it? Um, 
when he threw the touchdown pass, he got absolutely rocked sitting in the yes. pocket. I I don't I know. Think what our, of it. I I actually feel like this this game just kind of reconfirms what we said and we thought about Alabama, which is it's going to be a nine win Alabama team. They defensively will hang in games and it's going to win them some football games. You know, may, maybe that defensive performance is enough to beat Texas A&M. I mean, it happened last year with Jalen Milrow as the quarterback that defensively they did just enough to keep it close that Jalen Milrow did something at the end of that game that they were able to win it. I just, I worry that in any instance, basically what happens is if you create a 10-point separation on Alabama, you've won the football game. You could just run the clock out because Jalen Milrow and that Alabama offense aren't going to move the ball quickly enough effectively enough and consistently enough to come back into a football game they're just not their defense will keep it close their defense is going to find ways to keep it close but they're going to stall they had momentum in this game and they still only finished which is like the crazy part they only finished with like a hundred and so rushing right. yards they had 131 rushing yards i, I would yeah, have like, thought the way that they- it was like two yard two point something yards per carry i, I would have thought and if it wasn't for mcclellan McClellan and like that blocked punt and some of these special teams play that's that gave them short fields. I don't know if they would have scored as yeah, many points as they did. It's yeah, it's really scary to watch. It's really yeah. That, that's a good point. And you know what else too? I think Ole Miss went like for three for fourteen on third down. For all the shit that Lane Kiff, so Lane Kiffin talks shit all week long about. Oh, well, it looks like T-Rob's defense. I don't know if Kevin Steele is calling the plays. Well, on the money downs, you go 3-14. That's going to get you beat every single week. You go 3-14 against LSU this week, if you're Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, you're going to get beat down. Now, LSU has their own issues defensively, but I I mean, KJ was just going off. I mean, that was just a game, uh, uh, all-time performance for KJ, which kept that close in the end of it. I know LSU fans don't probably want to hear that, but KJ just went off. You can't go three or 14 on after on third down after talking all that crazy stuff about Kevin Steele. But I agree. You don't have the block punt. You don't have some of these different, you don't have the pick. Some of these things, man, I don't know how Alabama generates scoring drives. And if you're any team in the country that goes against Alabama, the, the, the game plan is, you got to get at, you got to score on them early. You got to score on them early. And you got to be able to have the bodies to rotate in there because they're going to run the football. But like I, I've said this as an LSU guy, I feel really good about that game. I don't feel good about going to Oxford and Como the next two mm-hmm. weeks, but I do feel good about this one. I really do going into yeah. Alabama. So yeah. we'll see. Florida State and Clemson. Let's turn the page here. Florida State and Clemson. I'm going to ask a hypothetical question before we break this game down. Is Dabo in trouble? I think we are. I think Dabo's situation and where he sits has not changed since what we thought about the Duke game. I think that (laughs) there was a lot of people, and I, you know, I was technically one of them, that were clowning on Dabo after the Duke loss. But what we already knew after the Duke loss, I think, remains the same. They didn't add any receivers in the portal or enough guys in recruiting to be a real threat offensively. Garrett Riley's still a really good offensive coordinator and Kate Klubnick's not a bad quarterback. Like he showed some toughness in that game. I don't think Dabo's in trouble. I think that they're still going to win nine games this year because they're really good defensively and they're strong enough offensively that they'll beat the bad ACC teams on their schedule. But they're not, they're not a top ACC team this year. I mean, they're, they're, they're already out of the running. There's, there's no way that they're going to find a way to finish in the conversation. Yeah, Florida State would have losses. to lose twice. Miami would have to lose twice. UNC would have to lose twice. That's and not going to happen. Those, well, no, no. Florida State would have to lose three conference games because they would have the tiebreaker over Clemson. So, I mean, yeah. like, they're, not, they're not competing. Like, their ACC reign for this year's over with. I think that what we know about Clemson has just been reconfirmed. I look, I, I this is what the, the future is for them. You can win nine games 
by doing a shit job in the transfer portal. You absolutely can. But you got to do what Florida State and like even North Carolina dipped in the transfer portal. Miami dipped in the transfer portal. No, you they gotta, more than dip. You got to do what those teams are doing, man. You got to get spoonful. more than Yeah, you got to you got to get a spoonful. You got to get some real you got to get some dudes. Go get some athletes when you have bad position groups. It all gets summed up by a kicker. You didn't have a kicker you which trusted in way. Which by the way, I saw some of these Clemson fans getting on him. Bro, my man was on Wall Street last week. Like, you're asking a guy from Wall Street to come in to kick for you. Like, shut up. Shut up. Uh, I mean, that one loser who tried to, like, dunk on me. Wait, what was that guy's name? I'm going to pull him up. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I was guy, like, who, who is this Rudy Poo? Uh, who, whoever let that guy have an on-air gig for Clemson Radio. God, that was a bad it's, executive decision. Yeah, it's South Carolina. You know, like... Morgan Thomas. Yeah, poor Morgan Thomas. I, I actually challenged Morgan Thomas to come on this show. Did you? No, I, I'm challenging him. Oh, you're him. saying you challenge him. Yeah, yeah he's more than welcome to. The guy's a yeah. dork. I mean, he's one of those uh, passing chart guys, so he, clear, he probably, you know, would get – I could talk circles By around the way, him, but... is there anything more overrated than passing charts? The, it's, it means nothing to me. Those, those, the people that do those <laughs> that are like, look at all the – look at the green colors over here. Well, they – they look really good on this now, side. And statistically but- and analytically, if you look at it, this like, bro, people talk to me like, let me give an example. Yeah, I was in a Twitter spaces last night and somebody said something about um, QBR. OK, and I'm just looking up stats and I'm like, I'm going to give you a blind stat. Jaden Daniels had a less QBR than Kyle McCord. By the way, Jaden Daniels had four touchdowns and 350 yards. <laughs> right. So if you, you can make it QBR, which quarterback would you have rather had? You, you can right watch the goddamn film. Like that, that, I will say that a million times over. Watch the goddamn film. But hey, regardless, the transfer portal stuff has come to a full head. It's 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 bad. It's pathetic for Clemson. And I'm I'm going to be honest with you, Blake. I'm done talking about them. They're not really relevant in the national conversation right now. Well, here's here's the one thing that I will admit. Their two losses are an overtime loss to a top three, top four Florida State. And they are, what? what is Duke right now, like 16? Something like that, yeah. Okay, on the road, they go on the road, they lose against a ranked Duke team. It's tough luck, but I do agree with this. But I say go into the portal, Joe, but then I sit back and say, does that fix Kay Klubnick's bad decision-making in the red zone? Does it fix Garrett Riley's quarterback draw in the red zone? Because it wasn't the talent that was vastly – Joe, talent-wise, Clemson was not outclassed talent-wise. What they were outclassed in was play calling and yes. crucial moments. Like, bro. Yes. I mean, Bo Collins had some catches – Against Fitzgerald Cypress, who will be a first-round corner, I'm like, God damn. Like, that's a that's a great catch. I just think when the going got tough and adversity hit, Dabo's butthole was so tight you couldn't fit a Grease BB in it. Look, he was I look nervous, at, man. He, yes. fumbled, he fumbled the bag down the stretch. Yes. He did, man. So did Garrett Riley. D- like, Maffa. I kept screaming, if I'm a Clemson fan, why are you not giving Maffa more of the ball? He had like 10 carries for like 70 yards. Like, give him the ball more. Stop trying to feed it to the white truth in Will Shipley. Will Shipley's a good player. He's not running for seven yards per carry. No, Ma- Maffa was was running through people. But I, I, I don't disagree on the, like, the late game decision-making was bad. But the fact that like when I go to the – it, it was apparent in the game that a lot of the the continuations of drives were to running backs. They were to tight ends, and you know they had a couple decent splash plays from receivers. But the fact that in this game, your top performing guy has five receptions for eighty four yards, and then the next closest is uh, that was Tyler Brown, Jake uh, Barningstool, 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 yeah, is three for forty seven, and then. Like, we've got guys with 41, 38, 
And there's not a lot of guys that made impactful plays when they needed to. I, I just, it's hard for a young quarterback to excel through guys just not getting open. Like, I didn't feel like they were open. But my main takeaway here is like, look, Clemson's going to probably, you know, look really good the rest of the season. They'll probably finish at like 25th or something when they're nine and three. I really think, though, that this is, again, Clemson's not a bad football team. I think this is proof that Florida State is as good as, you know, they've shown. I agree, even though they beat LSU. But I do think there's one thing that I really walk away from that game really worried if I'm a, if I'm a Seminole. You want to know what it is? What? Joe, they ran the ball 20 times and had 22 rushing yards. Hypothetically, hypothetically, let me just throw a hypothetical at you. If you can't run the ball against Michigan, if you can't run the ball against Georgia, if you can't run the ball against some of these better defenses, because there are better defenses out there. Joe, they ran the ball for 22 yards. They got there. Here's the truth. Clemson beat that ass up front. Oh, yeah. Florida State O-line got their asses beat. They have – so I really think that the way that they finish this game shows that they, you know, they've got the playmakers at running back and at wide receiver that like when you need that big play, you can do it. The Keon Coleman touchdown is proof of Right, that. I agree. And I think, I think that they've shown that they're going to finish this year as a top-four team because they've, they've already gotten over the hump on one of their harder games in the schedule. Now they got to beat Miami. But I, 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 what I see from this is that that offensive line got beat up against LSU, and they got beat up again against a really good defensive front. And that's why I give Florida State a lot of credit for the win, is that they still found a way to win despite going against such that. a defensively dominant team in Clemson. But you're right. You know, they, they can't get beat up that bad against other teams. I really thought that that Florida State O-line was going to be better. I really did. Well, that that's alarming. And, and you know what else? I, I tweeted this in the beginning of the second quarter, and I think I tagged you in it. I was like, "Can you please get Keon Coleman the football?" Yeah. Like, if I'm, a, can, and then they finally did, and, and then he he goes off, whatever. But good on Mike Norvell to see that I'm tr- I'm just banging my head up against the wall trying to run the football, and they did not have an answer. They didn't have an answer. Um, it will be interesting to see how Miami can go up against this Florida State team. I think that I do think that that matchup is a lot more interesting than people give it credit for, because mm. Miami's got dudes on both lines of scrimmage. If you, I don't. Is Clemson's D line probably better? Or front seven probably better than Miami? Yeah, they're probably a little bit better. They're not, they're not that much better, though, from what we've seen through the first four weeks. They're not. If you can't run the ball on Miami with that secondary, dude, Miami doesn't look bad at all. They, <laughs> no, I continue to be impressed, and as much as it pains me to, to admit that I'm wrong, they do continue to impress me. That game, November 11th at Florida State, I think that that is the defining moment on the season. We, you know, we stupidly duped ourselves into thinking – Uh, that this Clemson-Florida State game was the defining moment of the season. Yes, it does tell us a lot, but the defining moment of who the best team in the ACC is is going to be determined uh, on November uh, November 11th. Yeah, I mean, another game where you look at Miami, just to speak on them before we get to some teams that really impressed. Tyler Van Dyke's not going to light it up, but he threw for 220 and three scores. Joe, they ran the ball on, on Temple. 323 mm. rushing yards for Miami this week. They are dominating on the lines of scrimmage. I know you probably want to talk about Wazoo, but let's do it like this. Are there some teams yeah. this weekend that really impress you? We can start, start, start off with Wazoo. Yeah, um, I really think that Washington State was like the big one for me. The score isn't really indicative of the ass whooping that Wazoo put on Oregon State because they, they built up a pretty nice lead. I forget what the total was. And then they coasted a little bit, and Oregon State climbed back, and they scored a late meaningless touchdown. That was just a total. Uh, it wasn't ass whipping. It was 38-35. But like, there was a point in the game where it was like – It was 30 – it was 35 – I think it was 35-21 – with like 10 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, and DJ had just scored. It made it 
Yes, it was it was it was far apart at one point. Oregon State climbs back because they're a good football team. But I tell you what, man, Wazoo, those receivers, Cam Ward, they can stretch any defense out. Yeah. They, Cam Ward is gutsy. He takes shot. He's got t- takes shots. He has good accuracy down the field. I'm excited about Washington State. I th- I think that they can pick off uh, somebody at the later point in the year that you know maybe some don't expect that they could. And I I don't know who that is. Maybe that is Utah. Who I believe that they play them next week. They play Utah. You know maybe it is against Washington or Oregon later on in the season. They got some juice. The team for me. I got, I got two. The team that disappointed me the most was Oklahoma. I was really wanting Oklahoma to get into my top ten. I think they're being overlooked a little bit. They only beat Cincinnati twenty to six. The team for me, though, Joe, against a really, really, really good defense, a really good defense. They made Iowa, Penn State made Iowa look like shit, like. I know that Drew Aller's stat line is not going to look good. He went 25 of 37 for 116 yards. But, Joe, he had four touchdowns. They ran the ball 57 times for 215 yards. That team is somebody we're going to have to keep our eyes on moving forward because I was not a bad team defensively, dude. They're just not. And they beat that ass. That was an outright ass-whipping that the Nittany Lions, and I probably shouldn't say that because of all the stuff that they have going on, but an ass-whipping. Like, I, I, Joe, I watched the game today, and I was like, Sheesh. what? What happened? No, I was just – I was smirking at it. I pulled up the box score. I, I didn't really get to watch this game because it was during Notre Dame-Ohio State, but the fact that, that Kate McNamara finished with 42 yards <laughs> and their best rush, running back, uh, Kamari Moulton, finished with – 18 rushing yards. They that, had seven uh, offensive starters. Oh. But the one thing that I will say, Iowa did have seven offensive starters out of that game. Seven. Yeah. Look, I okay, here's my thing with Penn State. They're showing some like really good defensive prowess. Very good. Physicality. But I, I, I still don't know what's what who what receivers they have. By the way, my camera's gonna die. Um, I didn't. I didn't get anything from the receiver. <laughs> All right. Do we need to call it? No, 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 no. Wait. Give me, keep talking. Okay. Um, this is awkward. Um, I'm right here. I, I, okay. Okay. Uh, do we want to talk about Oregon and Colorado really quickly? Yeah, I have just one quick thought before we wrap. I, right. I just Oregon, Oregon and Colorado. The game was a blowout, and I think that they're. As expected, a massive overreaction on the opposite side of things. Look, everybody's using this as an opportunity to clown on on Deion Sanders and the Colorado program. But before this, we were in the complete different side of the spectrum, which was that Colorado was unstoppable. All I am asking is Colorado fans, it's fun that you are now a, a college football fan and you weren't before and that you're new to this sport. But we need to have a level-headed take on Colorado. And, the, and you can't get mad at people when they have level-headed, normal takes on your team. They are going to get to a bowl game. They're going to finish with seven or eight wins. Eight wins if they, everything goes according to plan and everything looks great. They're going to finish with a fine record. And for them to get to a bowl game is a massive, unheard-of accomplishment for Deion Sanders to do what he did. But just because they don't get to the college football playoff doesn't mean that they're bad. That, that, that just like let's let's be realistic with what their expectations are, and I think Colorado fans just need to start to realize that. So here here's the thing for me, you know, it wasn't Colorado getting beat down was not the uh, was not the a shock for me. You know what was a shock? No, though? it wasn't. You know what was the shock for me though? What? I don't think Bo Nix played well enough. I don't think he, I don't think he needed to. I think they just handed the no, ball off. No, no, this should have been his coming out party. They keep buying all this shit around New York and L.A. and New Orleans and Miami. They're buying billboards saying "Bolicious," all this stupid shit to try to get him to win a Heisman. He did not. He did not have a Heisman performance, brother. He didn't. 
Not against that defense, he didn't. Yeah, he could have done better. He could have done better. So I don't know if that's because they pulled the reins off, but like I do agree with you. He he could have done better. They didn't pull the reins off in the first half when he threw that pick. Yeah, that's true. So all right. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Y'all have a good night. Some Sunday night football. Who is this? Man, is it the Raiders and the Steelers tonight? You, sir, might be correct. I am I feel incredibly like you just the whole it. Billy Madison thing. You are correct. And when Chris Farley's lifting up his shirt, you remember you remember that scene? You're so young, man. I know that movie, okay? Don't stop. <laughs> I I'm not that much younger than you. I'm only Joe, you're, ten, you're ten years younger than me. You're not 35. I'm 34. About going to be 34. You're so you're 33 right now. So that means there's yeah. an eight year difference. That's not that that lopsided. That's not Yo, that I, was, of a I saw my first rack of tits when you were being born. Okay. Speaking of a good commenter, what about rack of tits? I don't know where he is today. He mm-hmm. didn't show up. Did Idaho, did Idaho lose this weekend? They won. They beat Sac State, so I'm sure he's going to be excited. Oh, I bet he is. A team named Sac State that they beat. Oh, I bet he is excited. All right, we'll see. <laughs> All right, bye, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>